Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. There are financial accounts and there are financial accounts. The most familiar may be checking and savings, but you may also have a brokerage account. Foster and Motley's Dave Neighbor is here to explain the difference and how they can be used. I'm Patrice Sikora. And Dave, look, I remember opening my first savings account. Do you? I do. Certainly a checking account first, and then I wanted to earn a little interest on my grass cutting money, and that's when I opened a savings account. How about <laughs> you, Patrice? I remember going in and opening it up and getting the little passbook and thinking, oh, money, 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 and watching it grow in the passbook, and they would add the, the uh, interest when you went in. But yes, those were simpler times. And in fact, we were just talking before we started taping here. I went into the credit union yesterday, into the office for the first time in, it has to be a year. Wow. And I walked in, Dave, I didn't know what to do. There were no slips. I was the only person. I actually had to go up to the teller and say, I want to do this, but I don't know how. <laughs> so, Did they help you through the process? Oh yeah. It was very simple, but I've been doing everything online for so long. You know, it's funny. It makes two of us. I was, found myself in a bank yesterday, three people, three workers there wondering what they were doing. Uh, and I pre presented this thing called a check. I hadn't written one of those in a long time. <laughs> so I guess the purpose of banks as we used to know them still exist somewhat today, but certainly that dynamic is changing. And well, you mentioned a checking account, a check and the checking account. Talk about checking and savings accounts. Sure. I think we're all familiar with these. Like we talked about from an early age, you're familiar with the checking and savings account. Obviously, checking account is your day-to-day -day account where you pay, make pay your bills, store some cash, perhaps have a debit card. Savings account tends to hold your rainy day fund, have fewer transactions, and historically earn a higher interest rate. Although when we saw interest rates go to zero, it was pretty common for checking, savings, every bank account to yeah. pay virtually no interest. With regards to those accounts, one of the key attributes of a bank account is that they're insured by FDIC, which stands for Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. FDIC covers checking, savings, certificates of deposits, et cetera. And the limit is $250,000 per account per owner. You know, the topic of FDIC insurance tends to ebb and flow. This year, we've seen a couple bank failures. So certainly uh, clients started talking about FDIC insurance a little bit more than in the past. And, you know, that's pretty typical. But it's it's a good thing to note that your bank does have the FDIC insurance. I don't think any bank does not, do they? I'm not aware of one. You know, all of the name brands do. So, yeah. All right. Well, then how is this different from a brokerage account? Yeah. Uh, brokerage accounts, we tend to think of those as accounts where we buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds. But over the years, the lines have really blurred. Uh, now with brokerage accounts, you can have checks that you write against your brokerage account. You can have even a debit card. I have clients that use their Schwab brokerage account for international travel because the fees are really good. So they use their debit card internationally. So the lines of traditional accounts as we knew them has started to blur as brokerage firms like Fidelity and Schwab add new features to their accounts. 
And what do you generally have in these accounts? You said stocks, bonds, but are there other investments that can be in there? Yeah, I think the purpose of today's conversation is to talk about money markets, and they've become an attractive alternative to savings accounts. Uh, so a money market fund uh, is something that can be bought and sold in a brokerage account and earn an interest rate. So similar to a savings account tends to pay something uh, higher than a, a checking account. So we've seen a lot of folks and the whole industry has seen an, a big flow of funds from traditional bank accounts uh, to brokerage accounts to buy money market funds. And the nice thing about money market funds is their interest rates adjusted very quickly to the market. So as the Federal Reserve increased rates, you quickly saw money markets grow from 0.4% to 2% to now they're at 5%. So they've become a really attractive alternative to uh, traditional savings accounts. Now, are brokerage accounts FDIC insured? They're not. Um, it's a different type of insurance. It's SIPC, S-I-P-C insurance. Uh, we could have a whole additional show on that coverage. So uh, just know that that is a risk you take with a brokerage account and with a money market, that it owns underlying securities. And that can range from treasuries, U.S. treasuries, to corporate debt. So there are different types of risk that you're taking on by owning a money market account. Can you link your brokerage and bank accounts? Absolutely. Uh, we do it for virtually every client. It makes the movement of money really easy. So you basically, if you put in an order to move cash to your bank account on Monday, it shows up on Tuesday. And at Schwab, that's a free service. I imagine at most brokerage firms, that's a free service. What's the story with interest rates? I mean, money markets, you said, responded rather quickly savings accounts really did not. What? Why that difference? Yeah, money markets respond to what the market is doing. So when the Federal Reserve says the uh, cost of money is going to increase with interest rates, money markets adjust right away. Banks are entirely different. Banks try to figure out what's the least amount of interest they have to pay to keep cash there. So banks really drug their feet. They really enjoyed paying zero and charging their customers that are borrowing money interest and mm -hmm. earning that spread. So banks were much slower than money markets to increase those rates. So in a brokerage account, you mentioned money markets again. Is it very easy to liquidate those to get your cash? You have to be careful because if you were to own a money market and write a check against that account, the check would bounce. So with a money market, you have to place a trade to either buy or sell, and it is not liquid cash. So that's probably the most common issue that we encounter with folks is, hey, I need cash today. Can I write a check against it? The answer is no. We have to sell that fund today, and it'll be available tomorrow. So you do have to be careful with that timing issue. Can you kind of mix your brokerage account? You know, different holdings? You can. I, I would be cautious with that. I tend to prefer a long-term investing brokerage account and more of a savings account. So for our clients, we tend to have those as separate entities. So we're not you know, trying to invest and then write checks for a vacation against an account. All right. Dave, you mentioned interest rates around 5% or so now. Are there any catches to these? Anything we have to be aware of in order to get that rate? 
Patrice, with every investing decision, there's a catch. And the nice thing about interest rates is they've been going up and savers that have you know, became accustomed to earning zero are really enjoying earning 5%. Mm-hmm. Um, but the catch is they can go down just as fast as they went up. And the markets are anticipating that over the next couple of years, interest rates will come down and that 5% will likely fall. So you can lock your money up in a certificate of deposit. You can buy a a bond of, and there's a lot of different varieties that you can to lock in an interest rate, but money markets, their yield changes every day. And same with banks, a savings rate could change every day. So you really have to uh, periodically review your accounts and making sure you're getting the best rate possible. You say they can change every day. So you really have to jump on it. Yeah, if there's a single takeaway from this conversation, I think it's to periodically review your cash and make sure you're in the best spot possible. So this trend of going to money markets, it could change, likely will change in the future. When I work with a new client, I tend to see way too many bank accounts. So the other takeaway I would have is don't just keep opening new accounts. That will be a Hmm. nightmare come tax time. You'll have 15 1099s reporting interest income. So as you do move around, find that best interest rate, uh, it's really important to close those accounts that you're no longer using as well. I would think it's probably easier to keep track of what you've got too. I agree. Um, you know, one of the first questions we ask clients is how much do you spend as part of the financial planning process? Right. When you have five different checking accounts, it's takes a lot of time to figure out what you spend. If you have one checking account that everything runs through, it's really easy to take a look at your bill payments, checks, ATM withdrawals, et cetera, and come up with a really accurate monthly spending number. All right. Just a quick question. Do do clients resist consolidating their accounts? It's, I think if you have five checking accounts, it's easier to say, oh, I didn't spend that much. It's funny. There's a lot of psychology that goes into accounts that you have. A lot of folks like to open a new account for each purpose. And everyone has a reason for why they have so many accounts. You know, the worst offender is my grandmother when I prepare her tax return and I have 15 1099s from every bank in town. So I think there's a generational aspect to that as well. Dave, is there anything we have not discussed here that you think we should? Patrice, I think the key takeaway is banks love lazy money. So to our listeners, I encourage you not to have lazy money. Review your accounts periodically, make sure you're getting the best interest rate, and just be aware that the types of accounts that we're using these days to earn interest is not exactly the same as what many of our listeners did in the past. Right. And how can listeners reach you, Dave, to see if they've got lazy money? (laughs) I would encourage our listeners to check out our website, fosterandmotley.com, and we can be reached at 513 Five six one six six four zero, And follow or subscribe to Foster and Motley's podcast about wealth and life. And of course, share it with others. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. 
Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.